1 Corinthians and Galatians, and I believe in even a few other places, the whole uh, un- unleavened bread. If you guys read your Bible or pay attention at all, that will have sound familiar to you. But like in Galatians 5, 9, it says it's a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So what we need to be taking from that, learning from that, is what we allow in our minds. We need to be careful of what we're allowing in our minds. Not only be careful, but we need to be waging war on what we're letting in our minds. The songs we like, the movies we watch, the TV shows, the conversations we have. This isn't new information, and I believe we all know when we're doing wrong, but we will make every excuse in the book because it just seems innocent. It's little. It's, 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 it's no big deal. There's a million other terrible, horrific things going on, and you're just still trying to just deal with your big sins, but we need to look at every sin as being equal because it is equal. Not equal in, in the volume of the sin, but it's equal, and it's all displeasing and is, and is under the wrath of God. Now, we have been set free through Christ, and that's great, and we need to be living accordingly then, though. You know, why are we making or allowing ourselves to have our, our little sins, our little hidden things, when, when we have such a good God who has, who has died on the cross for our sins that we're so blatantly just kind of letting, letting ride? Think about that. Think about the times when you do fall into maybe that repetitive sin that you can't break. What was the root of that? What was the beginning of that? It started in your mind. Everything starts in the mind. So a little bit here, a little bit there of so-called not no big deal sins is going to eventually just slowly corrupting you into that again, completely leaping into the pit of your repeated sin or possibly new worse sins. And it's just going to be an ongoing because, you know, because then once you fall, then, then the conviction hits and you feel really bad and you're on your knees and saying, you know, I'll never do it again. Lord, please forgive me. And blah, blah, blah. And well, we're going to fall. We're going to be sinning till, till the day Christ returns or we die first, whatever happens first. But we need to be fighting. Christian soldier, where is your weapon? Where is your earnest urgency to be holy? Are you fighting for your righteousness or are you just kind of go along, going along with the world? It's something that I, I pray that we are just continually asking God, seeking Christ for the power of his spirit in us to be living the lives that we should be living. You can't just go on living the same way that you lived when you weren't a Christian. Your life can't look the same as your co-workers, as your non-Christian friends. It has to look different or something's wrong. If you don't feel uncomfortable around non-Christian people, then there's something wrong with your heart, with your walk. And it sucks. <laughs> be straight up honest, I, I work with majority of non-Christians all day long and they're, they're talking about a movie or they're talking about whatever, it, it's super uncomfortable, especially when they bring it up like, oh, I'm sorry, you're you know, does, does that offend you because you're a religious person? And it's super annoying and it's super easy just to be like, oh, no, no problem, or even trying to kind of join along to, to make it seem more comfortable or that you're not the nerd in the room but let's be nerds for Christ, man. We need to be completely stand out, completely... They need to feel uncomfortable when they're they're talking that way around us. Not that we're holier than thou or anything like that, but there needs to be a set-apartness. Anyways, I'm rambling, but love you guys. Bye.